Welcome, everybody, to Sports Fluent. I'm your host, as always, Anthony Kay. And this week, I brought on the host of the Pint Glass Football Podcast, Brad Fowler. Brad, how you doing, man? Good. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Excited to talk some football with you. Listen, we're going to get into a bunch of stuff. What's going on in the NFL? Who's for real? Who's who's faking it? But And we're going to talk more about your show a little bit, too. But you posted something. I don't know when you posted it. I saw it today. And so we just got to kick it right off with this. So you made a statement that made my fantasy team all have a heart attack. We, we My fantasy team almost died because if this is true and Dallas starts to believe what you said, I might be in trouble. So you put it out there. Tony Pollard is better today than Ezekiel Elliott. Please explain. Yeah. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. Zeke is still a good player. So I don't want to come across like Zeke has no value, especially in fantasy or, or going forward for the Cowboys. I think he's still a valuable member of this team. I still think he's going to get plenty of touches and be able to provide some good stats. I just think what I'm looking at here and what I said on Instagram, it was actually a quote from my podcast. I'm basically more or less talking about the fact that he's a $90 million running back and Tony Pollard is just outplaying him. And it's it's statistics and the eye test, right? You kind of have to look at both. And when you look at what Pollard did last week, he ran 13 times for 109 yards versus the Chargers in week two with a touchdown. He's averaging 7.7 yards per carry versus Zeke only averaging 3.9 yards per carry. He's a good catching running back, a receiving running back out of the backfield. He caught all four of his targets versus L.A. And here's the problem. Dallas knows that Pollard is better, too, because we got to look at when Pollard was getting these touches. Four touches on the opening drive, including that touchdown that I spoke about. And from the end of the third quarter to the end of the game, he out-touched Zeke in a close ball game. So it wasn't like a blowout and they're giving the backup touches here. This was a close game, and he was getting more carries than Zeke he's only broke so when you look at Zeke right this is a trend that goes back to last year unfortunately he's only broke 100 yards rushing once in his past 15 games played and he's only rushed for under 60 yards eight times in the last 15 games with six fumbles he just isn't the same guy I don't see that same explosiveness I don't see the same guy that we saw two, three years ago. It just seems like he's past his prime at this point. And unfortunately, I think Dallas is stuck with a really bad contract and a better, hungrier, more physically gifted running back in Tony Pollard at this point in his career. Okay. So let me, let me play devil's advocate for a minute because obviously I just don't want to believe that, that Zeke has, has now kind of passed his prime. Could it possibly be one of these two things? One, they're saving him for a late season slash playoff run and, or could he be, could he be hurt? And we just don't know. You know, I don't know about the injuries. I don't want to speak on that. I haven't really heard or read anything as far as injury related concerns. I know last year, a lot of people were making excuses for him in the sense that that O-line was really beat up and Dak was out. They had all those injury issues. And so a lot of people were kind of chalking that up is why he had a bad year last year, or I should say a year that's not up to his standards. But here we are in carrying this over into the two weeks into this season and not much has changed here. The only thing that changes, Pollard continues to look better and continues to eat into his workload. 
I don't know. Maybe they're trying to keep Zeke fresh, but I think, like I said, that the win he got those touches really screams loud to me that Dallas understands what they have in Pollard. And this kid is a real diamond in the rough. And I expect him to continue to vulture carries away from Zeke Elliott going forward. All right. Well, there, there you have it. You, you haven't completely convinced me, but now I'm going to start to pay closer attention to it. Um, absolutely. So let's, let's jump into the actual teams here that have, that are still two and zero because we're only two weeks in and we only have seven undefeated teams. Some of them, I think, are for real. Some of them, I think, are just lucky. And one, one more than any, is really a big surprise to me. So the two and O teams left are Tampa Bay, which shouldn't be a surprise. Super Bowl champs. They return all 22 starters from the offense and defense. I'm not surprised. The Rams, the Cardinals, the Panthers, which is the one that's surprising me. Sam Darnold looks what we thought he was going to look like when the Jets drafted him. The 49ers, the Raiders, and the Broncos. So of these seven teams, I'm not saying any of them are going to run the table. However, which ones do you think are, hey, this is this is their the real team that we're seeing? And then which are the ones that, you know, it's just a shell game? Well, I think we got to start with the champs. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers look every bit like defending Super Bowl champions. This team is dangerous right now. Tom Brady. He's got Father Time in a headlock. I, I know Father Time's undefeated, but my goodness, this guy has found the fountain of youth or something because he looks as good as he ever has. Maybe at the peak of his career, maybe he's not quite at that point, but man, he's got to be close. I think he's better than the first part of his career. I think the first five seasons with Brady, you could easily make a case he's better now than he was then. It's just incredible. They've got so many playmakers. This offense has put up 30 or more points in eight straight games going back to last year. Everyone talks about that defense, and rightfully so. But now the offense is really clicking in year two with Brady. This team is so dangerous. They've got to be the favorites once again right now. When I look at some of these other 2-0 and teams, for me, I, I like the Rams. I like what I've seen. So far, so good for Matthew Stafford in L.A. I think he's really starting to fit into this offense. And he's doing some of the things that Sean McVay didn't get from Goff, taking those deep shots, making some of those wow throws that Goff really missed on. And this offense looks good. Now, the, what's interesting about L.A. is the defense seems like they've kind of taken a step back. So that defense was ranked as one of the best in the league last year. They haven't looked nearly the same, but I think they're a scary team right now for sure. And we're going to find out a whole lot about them and Tampa Bay when they play this upcoming weekend. I think that's a huge game that people are going to circle because we're going to find out just who's the real contender out of those two. But, but outside of that, I think the 49ers still have a really good roster. It kind of feels like Jimmy Garoppolo still has training wheels on. Shanahan just doesn't really want to open up this offense with him. You can feel the trust issues and the play calling. But here they are. They're 2-0. They still have, like I said, a tremendous roster. I think the secondary has some question marks, but the defense still has a good pass rush. They're great up front, and they're going to be able to run the ball. The backfield's a little beat up right now, but I think if they can continue to establish themselves in that department, I think they're going to be uh, just fine. It'll be interesting to see if they sprinkle Trey Lance back into this offense. He didn't play last week. But I think we could see him going forward in some of these sub packages where he comes in, does some zone read stuff and some other things, some running plays for them. So I still think they're a dangerous team in the NFC as well. I, I like what I've seen. Actually, I want to go back to Tom Brady for a second because 
you're right. Father Time is undefeated, but man, he's putting up the best fight I've ever seen. Uh, he was 116 and 34 in his first 150 games. He was 115 and 35 in his last 150 games. I don't think we've ever seen that kind of, if we take anyone's career and split it in half, I don't think we've ever seen it that close. Arizona is a team that I find interesting because they were the one team in that NFC West that I wasn't sure about. I, I was pretty sure on what I was going to get from the Rams. You know, I'm pretty confident what I'm going to get in the Seahawks. Um, and it was the Cardinals were really that, you know, I don't know team, but Kyler Murray has looked good. They, the, the defense has looked good, especially in game one. Chandler Jones looked like he's, you know, Lawrence Taylor um, back from uh, out of retirement there, I guess, or back to Lawrence Taylor kind of prime. What do you think of the Cardinals? Are they, are they legit? Are they good enough uh, to put up a fight in that NFC West? You know, that division is so deep. You could easily make a case it's the deepest division in football. And I think that is going to hinder them from maybe competing for the division. I'm not quite ready to say they're the favorites in that division as far as that goes. I do think that they're off to obviously a really nice start. And I think they have the weapons and the pieces in place. Some of the upgrades that they've made on defense are showing. And some of the draft picks they've made in the last couple of years are starting to shine Rondell Moore, the rookie, he he started to make some plays. We saw, like you talked about, Chandler Jones and this defensive front, Zayvon Collins, and some of these guys are, are definitely making upgrades to this team. For me, I really like what I've seen from Kyler Murray, obviously. This kid is really explosive. The only question for me is that this offense seems a little too quarterback centric it almost feels like he has to bail them out a little too much I'd really like to see them establish some running game I talked about this in the offseason going into this year I felt like this is a team that really needs to find a running game to bring some more balance to this offense because it feels like he's just scrambling around and making these backyard type of football plays a little too much for my comfort mm -hmm. especially considering his size you you have to wonder about durability so I like the Cardinals. I like what I've seen from them. You talked about the defense. The defense took a little bit of a step back in week two. They looked really yeah. good week one. So I, I, that's a little, you know, up and down for me. But you've got to be impressed with what they're doing, certainly. They're a fun watch, that's for sure. And I think they're going to be right in the mix if they keep this up for a wild card spot. Yeah, well, like, you know, to your point, the NFC West, of the seven undefeated teams, three of them are from the NFC West. So I know it's early. It's only week two. But, but hey. It's almost half of the undefeated is left. Uh, the Raiders and Broncos. Do you think that's a team that has the, the like, do they have, they're in a tough division too, right? They got to deal with the Chiefs. So are they legit or is just kind of early lucky kind of, I think Denver looks good. I know people are more talking about the Raiders. I actually like the fact that they went with Teddy Bridgewater instead of Drew Locke. I know that their defense is going to be good uh, under Vic Fangio as long, again, this goes for every team as long as they're healthy. Um, but is there one of those Raiders or Broncos that you think will actually compete for a, uh, it's going to be a wild card. I don't think they're going to win their division. I think the chiefs are still the class of that division. Yeah, I think you're certainly right. And you've got to be impressed with what the Vegas Raiders have done here. The two and O start, they've had two really gritty wins over some tough minded, well-coached football teams, excuse me, in Baltimore and Pittsburgh two pretty good defenses, especially Pittsburgh. I was really impressed with what I saw from them. 
some of the throws that Derek Carr is making right now, he's playing at a really high level. I talked about this on my show just recently. I said, I asked my co-host, is he underrated? Because now at this point, I'm starting to wonder, is this guy a top 10 quarterback? Maybe we've been sleeping on Carr just a little bit. He's playing at such a high level. Now, I don't know about the defense just yet. They've looked really good these first two weeks, but they've played two teams that are below average passing offenses. And so because of that, it makes me question it. Ben certainly hasn't looked like the guy we've seen from a few years ago. Lamar Jackson, as dynamic as he is, we know that he's not an elite passing quarterback. So they've. I want to see what they do when they get into a fight with a team that can really throw the ball. I think that'll tell me a little more about the Raiders. But I really like what they've done. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from them. They've been really impressive in the early part of the year. I think if they keep it up, they could be in the mix for a wild card, certainly. And as far as the Broncos, I'm with you. Teddy Bridgewater just gave this team stability at the quarterback position. He's not going to wow you. He's not going to make sports center highlight throws. He's, but the thing is about Teddy, he's not going to lose a lot of games for you either. He's going to keep you in games. He's going to be efficient. He's going to check the ball down. He's going to make the smart play when he needs to. And we've seen that so far from him. He's been really efficient in that regard. And this Denver's Broncos defense is pretty good. That We knew that coming into the year that this is going to be a strength for them. They've looked pretty good. They've been strong. They've got that tough pass rush. And they've got some play, young playmakers at wide receiver that are helping Teddy Bridgewater as well. So I like what I've seen from Denver. I think both of these teams are definitely wild card or could be in the wild card mix. I don't know if they have much of a ceiling past that. I think that's probably their ceiling. But you've got to be, if you're a Broncos fan or a Raiders fan, you've got to be happy with the start and what you've seen from them, especially at the quarterback position. We know how important that is. Yeah, 100%. So we're here with Brad Fowler from the Pint Glass Football Podcast, the last of the undefeated teams, probably the biggest surprise, even two weeks in, and and they're primed to go 3-0 and because unless they look past them, they're playing the Texans. The Carolina Panthers, are they now in the playoff mix with, with presumably a 3-0 and start? Yeah, I, I think so. I think they certainly have a chance. I like what I'm seeing from this Matt Rule team. I, I like the improvement that I've seen from Sam Darnold. And I think a big part of it is so far he's had time to throw. And that's something that he never really had in New York. It seemed like he was always standing back behind a shaky offensive line. We all know the line about seeing ghosts. Well, you can't really blame him. This kid had pressure almost every time he dropped back. He's had a lot of clean pockets so far in Carolina, and I think that's really shown in his stats. He's been a very efficient, very solid quarterback for them, kind of like we talked about with Bridgewater, a steadying presence that they needed for this team. So I like what I've seen, and he seems to be fitting in nicely with this Joe Brady offense. So I, I like that. And the other thing about this Carolina team is they have been really drafting heavy on the defensive side of the ball. Two years ago, they actually drafted an entire class of defensive players brian burns is probably one of the most underrated pass rushers in the entire nfl he's really played well this defense is starting to gel they're starting to look good i've been impressed with what i've seen from carolina they're certainly probably the most shocking 2-0 team but once again this was a team that had a ton i believe it was eight one possession losses last year so they were in a lot of games. People look at that record and they were like, ah, oh, they're a bad team. But no, they were competitive. They just couldn't get over the hump. And it seems like so far they've made some adjustments and they're finishing games early in the season. So you've got to like what you've seen from them. Yeah, and it doesn't hurt that they, I think, upgraded at QB. Because like I said, I was a fan of Sam Darnold. I just think with Adam Gase and that Jets lack of talent around him, 
he was in a position where he couldn't win. So I like the upgrade with Sam Darnold. You also get that guy. What's that running back? Oh yeah. Christian McCaffrey back. That probably helps. And to your point, their defense so far looks really good. So we'll see if they, as, like I said, as long as they don't look past the Texans who are starting, uh, you know, Tyrell Taylor is hurt as well. So now they're, they're going up against the backup in Houston. It should, it's one of those, it's one of those catch games, right? It's a trap game. They should win it. So the, and those are the important ones in the NFL. You got to win the games that you should win. And then a couple maybe that you shouldn't. And that's what gets you into the playoffs. So now we're going to move from the top of the standings and we're going to jump right down to the bottom. So the 0-2 teams, Detroit, Minnesota, Jacksonville, Atlanta, the New York Jets, the Colts, and the Giants. I got to tell you, I'm surprised mostly with the Colts and the Giants, but of those teams, is there one that sticks out to you that is, hey, you know what? I know they started 0-2, which typically is a recipe for disaster, but there's an extra game this season. We're going to be, you know, we're going to be talking about this team come playoff time. Yeah, for me, there's really two teams that stand out on this list. I'll start with the first one being the New York Giants. I think this is a team that should be one and one. We know after that huge loss to Washington last Thursday night, they really gave that game away. And it was unfortunate because we saw a really efficient, high-level play from Daniel Jones. And this team deserved to win that game by all means. But they had two huge penalties last week, one that took a touchdown off the board, one that gave Washington an extra field goal try to win the game that we know was huge. And plus there was a dropped touchdown, a wide open touchdown that was placed perfectly in the hands of Darius Slayton. Those are the kind of mistakes that winning football teams can't make. So this is still a team with a young coach, a young quarterback that's trying to figure it out. But I really like what I've seen from them so far. I think the biggest flaw for them that's really hurting them this year, and we saw it big time in that Denver matchup in week one, was they just desperately need an edge rusher to finish teams off on third down. They struggle on third and long. I can't believe how many times I watched this defense get nice stops on first and second down. They set themselves up perfectly with a third and eight, a third and nine, and they can't get off the field because they can't get enough pressure on the quarterback. I think that's an, an, an area they're going to have to address this offseason, whether it's through the draft or possibly even trading some picks and just getting an elite established pass rusher they're going to have to because that's it's just been a huge issue for them. But overall, I like this team's makeup. I like their toughness. It seems like they're in every game just about. So I'm not willing to give up on them just yet. And also, I don't think Saquon Barkley is 100% yet. He not just yet. hasn't quite looked. Yeah, he just hasn't quite looked as explosive as we've come to see. And it seems like, to me, they're limiting his touches a little bit, which tells me that the coaching staff knows something that maybe we don't. Maybe they know he's not quite there. They're trying to ease him into it. I think if he could get his feet underneath him a little bit, that will go a long way in helping this offense click. The other team that I think has a legitimate chance to kind of bounce back here is the Minnesota Vikings. You know, they were just a 37-yard field goal and an, an overtime fumble away from being 2-0. and So for me, this is the biggest issue for this team is that that 28th-ranked defense, which is really surprising for a Mike Zimmer-led team. When you look at Mike Zimmer, that's kind of been where he hung his hat is on the defensive side of the ball. I'm I'm guessing that that's going to correct itself and they'll come a little bit back to the mean there. But Zimmer has never missed the playoffs as the Viking heads coach, as the Vikings head coach, I should say. And they've got playmakers, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, just, Justin Jefferson. So I think they've got the weapons in place to turn this thing around. 
Um, it's just been an unfortunate start with them with two close losses, but I still think this is going to be a competitive team that could certainly get back in the mix. As far as the Colts, I expected more from them as well, but I still think they have a chance. I think they have a chance to get it back into the playoff mix almost by default though, because they're in the AFC South and this right. division just looks terrible right now. So I think they do have a pretty good chance. They've got a pretty good roster. They've got some good pieces there. The Carson Wentz situation is, I don't even know what to make of it anymore. I said on my show just the other day, I'm selling my Carson Wentz stock. I was hanging on to a few stocks, just hoping that maybe the market would come back, but I'm giving up on this guy. He just plays too reckless. And I know you can't predict injuries and it's unfortunate, but this guy puts himself in harm's way way too often. And it's usually because he hangs onto the ball way too long. He plays hero ball. He never just wants to check it down or throw the ball away. It just seems like he, he puts himself in, in these bad situations over and over again, going back to his days in Philly. I don't know if I believe in this uh, rehab project that a lot of us thought would happen here with Indy. So that's definitely the most concerning for them. Yeah, I was, I was on that same, I think I bought into the same stock. I think we have the same broker on the Carson Wentz thing because I thought, hey, he's going to be reunited with Frank Wright where he that's how when he had his most success. He's been injured enough now to realize, hey, I got to change my play and be less reckless, right? Get rid of the ball a little bit quicker, make smarter decisions because, hey, I don't want to get hurt. But he's come out and played the same and here he is hurt again. I think he did you know, both both ankles, which uh, I just, I don't understand with Carson Wentz what's going on. That being said, I want to go back to the Giants for a second because one of the things that I was looking for them to be was offensively a lot stronger. And you talked about with Minnesota, where there was two plays, one in each game that kept them from being 2-0. and And in this league right now, although it's hard to pinpoint one particular play, right? Obviously, you look at the whole game. But if you make one play that costs you a score, you're going to lose, right? Because there's so many one-possession games. And here you have the Giants who are doing that, like, it feels like once a quarter, right? Like you said, like the Slayton drop, like... Listen, I, I know that I haven't played wide receiver since since high school. I feel I could have caught that. Um, the penalty on the on the missed field goal. You're right. It's just it's those little things, and you can't afford to make those mistakes in today's NFL. So that's the 0-2 teams. I think we're in alignment there on, on who's still has a chance to kind of come out of the basement and, and be someone that we talk about in the playoffs. I want to jump to your way too early predictions because it is only week two. So when you're looking at where we are so far, I don't know how many teams have surprised you or disappointed you. Who are the teams that you look at and say, these are the guys that for sure either are winning their division or for sure that we're going to see um, in the playoffs. And then we're, cause then we're going to get, you know, we're, you know, we're going to get your, su your Super Bowl pick too. Yeah. I, I think for me, um, the, some of these teams are the ones that we kind of expected it to be to be here. We talked about Tampa Bay. They look like the heavy favorites in the, in the NFC South. You look at the NFC North and the Packers are a team that's been a little shakier than we expected. That blowout in week one was certainly surprising week two. They bounced back, but they really let the lines hang around for a lot longer than most people thought. They don't quite, they don't look quite as good as I expected them to out the gates here, but, I think they're still the heavy favorite, excuse me, in that division. In the West, it's definitely a deep race, like we talked about. Seattle's looked good. Arizona's looked good. 
The 49ers, though, are my pick. I think it might surprise some people, but I really believe in this team. I believe in their play calling. I believe in the roster. I just think they have so much depth at so many key positions. I think the 49ers are a little bit of my surprise pick there. And I, and like I said, I, I really don't like what I've seen from the Rams defense. I think they're going to bounce back, but something isn't right there. So uh, it's going to be a, a race down to the finish, certainly in that division. In, in the East, I still think the Cowboys are the favorite. I haven't been overly impressed with what they've done. The Chargers kind of gave that game away in week two. It felt like they had that thing all but wrapped up. There was some really, and I hate to, to bang on officials, but there were some pretty bad calls in that game that went against the Chargers and then some key mistakes late in the game that kind of gave it away. I felt like the Chargers really outplayed the Cowboys in that game. And then obviously in week one, they had already lost. So, you know, the Cowboys, unfortunately, I just think they're a team that's the best of a bad division. Um, But I think that they are my pick as far as the NFC East Uh, to jump to the AFC side. I've got the Patriots winning the AFC East. I I think a lot of, yeah, I think a lot of people are surprised by that, but the bills are certainly going to be in the hunt. We know that we know how good they are. And they had a huge win in week two, blowing out the dolphins But I really, really like what I've seen from the Patriots. I think we kind of threw dirt on this team a little too early last year when Cam was the quarterback and he got COVID and you had all these opt-outs and the defense took had a hit from from missing so many key players. Well, the defense is back and they look really good. This looks like a top five defense in the NFL. And Mac Jones has been really, really efficient. Now, he hasn't been spectacular but he's making all the right plays. He's making all the smart plays. He's completing like over 72% of his passes right now with no interceptions. When you look at some of these other rookie quarterbacks, they've made more wow throws, but man, they've all made way more wow mistakes, right? And I think think Lawrence and Wilson both have more interceptions than touchdowns, which is expected, right, from a rookie. So he's, Mac Jones is definitely impressed for sure. Yeah, he's he's been he's been really good. And I think he's going to continue to get more and more confidence. He's behind a great O line. He's like I said, he's got a great defense. He's got the greatest coach of all time. He's just in a system here. He's set up for success. So that's kind of my surprise pick there in the West. It's it's still the AFC West champs. It's or excuse me, the AFC champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. For me, this team is just so explosive. We know who they are now. They're so well established. I just think you've got the Chargers coming up. They're they're the up and coming team. Uh, you've got Denver and Vegas who have certainly surprised, but I just don't think they have the horses in the long run to stay with Kansas City in the AFC North. I'm taking the Browns. I don't really love that pick because I think that Baltimore could certainly be in the hunt there. And the Browns' defense has been a big disappointment. That was something that they addressed heavy this offseason because they knew that was their weak side of the ball and it hasn't panned out so far. They don't look like they can get stops when they really need to. So they're kind of a big question mark. I think Baltimore can give them a push. I think if Pittsburgh's offense can actually start clicking a little bit because the defense looks really good, but that offense has been kind of stagnant. They've been kind of spinning their tires in the mud here, but if they can figure it out, get the Najee Harris in this running game, getting, get it going in a little more balance, they actually could be dangerous too. So that's a deep division. And I like what I've seen from Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. I think they've been better than most people expect another deep division, the AFC South. I don't know what to make of this division, honestly, but I think I'm just going to go with the Titans by default. I don't think they're a great team by any means, but I think with Derrick Henry and the playmakers on the 
offensive side of the ball and just the continuity of the staff and the pieces around them. I think they're the favorite in that division as well. So based on those division picks, I'm talking with Brad Fowler from Pint Glass Football Podcast. He's just gone through who he thinks is going to win each division. If you had to pick, and I'll let you choose, you can either pick the AFC-NFC championship game, or if you're so bold, your Super Bowl prediction. Well, I've got both ready for you if you want. All right, let's do it. So in the AFC, I'm taking the Chiefs versus the Chargers in a division matchup here. Wow. I think... I think the Chargers are ready to take a big step forward. And I'm a big time believer in Justin Herbert. I think this guy is a top 10 quarterback today. I know he made a couple mistakes in that Cowboys game, but I am so impressed with his poise, his playmaking ability. I just really like what I've seen from him. And I think that they're going to be competitive throughout this year. I think they're going to make some noise and really surprise some people in the NFC. I've got Tampa Bay. Uh, They're just too good. I, I think it's almost impossible to stop this team at this point. I've got them taking on the 49ers in the NFC championship game. I think the Niners get back to the NFC championship game because of what I talked about earlier. I think the coaching staff is fantastic. I think they're deep at so many roster spots. They're healthy. We forget this team was bit by the injury bug so bad last year coming off of that Super Bowl loss to Kansas mm-hmm. City the year prior. So I think they have a big bounce back year this year. And I think, like we talked about, I think Trey Lance is going to get incorporated in this offense and give them a more dynamic offense. My Super Bowl pick is a total cop-out. I hate it. I actually hate my Super Bowl pick. I'm just going to tell you right now I hate it because I'm normally not so chalky, but it's Kansas City and Tampa Bay. I just can't pick anybody else right now. It's so rare to see a repeat Super Bowl and it probably won't happen. I mean, let's face it. The Super Bowl is going to be two completely different teams. All four of these teams probably won't even get close to where I just put them. But if I had to pick today, those would be my teams because I just think they're the cream of the crop right now. Yeah, it's it's tough to argue, but you're right. Most likely it'll end up being Rams and Bills, right? It'll be, it'll be something where you're like, yeah, they were good. I, I could see it, but not what I was picking early. I, I actually do. I was really high on, on the Bills. I was really high on the Rams. But when I did my picks last week, like I said, I, I, I'm much like you. I felt terrible doing it, but I'm like, who's going to beat the Bucks, right? Like you need to go through Tampa Bay. Who is going to beat the, this Bucks team if healthy? If healthy. I don't think anyone does. And who beats the Chiefs if healthy? I don't think anybody does. So unfortunately, I think I got Bucks and, and Chiefs as well, but it, it would be nice to see someone different. So that being said, that's it that we got uh, for this week. Uh, again, it was uh, a pleasure. Brad Fowler, Pint Glass Football Podcast. Where can we find the podcast? Is it kind of everywhere where podcasts, Apple, Spotify, all that kind of stuff? And is there social media where we can find you guys as well? Yeah, Anthony. First, I just want to say thanks for having me on the show. Man, this has been an absolute blast. I love talking ball with you. This has been great. And second, yeah, the podcast, we're a weekly football podcast. We talk NFL and college football. It's on Apple, Spotify, Google, all the big time apps that you can find just about anywhere. You can tell Alexa to play Pint Glass Wall podcast. It'll come on your Alexa at home. So yeah, you can check it out there. And if you want to give us a follow on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it's at PGF podcast. Perfect. Brad, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Until next week, everybody be fluent.
get the full Sports Fluent Anthony K and Friends experience and become a subscriber today. What does it mean to be truly fluent? Subscribe today for exclusive content, direct one-on-one -on -one chats, answers to all your questions, and best of all, every quarter, that means every three months, a lucky subscriber will be chosen to appear on Sports Fluent Anthony, Kay, and friends, and receive some great swag from Boardwalk LA.